everyone once again and welcome to uh, another conversation piece. Uh, again, this is where Brad and I are just going to talk and have a conversation. We don't know what we're going to say. We're just letting our ideas flow freely today. So as always, this is Scott. This is Brad. And this is not about us. All right, but as always, even in this conversation, we want to invite God in. So, and we've mentioned it before, but prayer, that's exactly what it is, is conversation. So this really is one big prayer because we just want to, to have a conversation with Brad and I having a conversation with with each other, also a conversation with you. We hope you get involved uh, by adding comments where they're available, sending us an email where it's available, but really just like prayer with God should be. It's not meant to be ritualistic. It's not meant to be uh, incredibly religious. It's meant to be a relationship and just talking. So God, let's, we want to invite you in to have your part in this conversation. Yahweh, we adore you. We cherish you. We give you worship. We give you honor and glory and praise even the minuscule little amounts that we can. I want to invite you in here into this conversation and I hope that you'll lead it. What things do we need to talk about? What things do you want us to share? Because we don't want this to be Scott and Brad's show. This is not about us. This is about you. So please, come in, be the invited guest, and share your thoughts with us. Amen. Amen. So Brad, what do you got for us today? What's on your heart? Well, I'm going to start out by just saying how um, excited I am we're actually doing this. Yeah. yeah, we're doing this podcast. <laughs> we're we're getting it out there. I've been I've been trying to get it out there in even bigger and more crazy ways. Uh, I've been doing. Um, I, I made a video for the first Genesis study, so we can be on YouTube. Um, I really enjoyed that. Um, I made a trailer. Um, that was fun. That was that yeah. was exciting. Um, I hope people. Hope people see it and, and, and enjoy it. It's uh it's You're like right. it's, it's like been a blast doing this so far. Yeah. I mean it's it's nerve wracking and definitely and a little um scary putting our hearts out to the world, knowing that anybody can launch one of these podcasts and they're gonna hear me and my personal thoughts and what's in my mm-hmm. heart. I mean, that's that's kind of scary, but it's been so worth it. And even if, as we've said, even if this is all it is, is we're just reassuring friends and family, um, inspiring each other to chase, uh, working on our own relationships. I mean, that's going to be worth it. Yes, definitely. I mean, I hope and I pray that it'll grow and it'll inspire others. But at the end of the day, it's 
been beneficial to you and I as well. Now I think of something. Um, uh, now for those of, I've said before, I have a comic book called Spirit Man, and again, I'm shamelessly plugging it. SpiritManComics.com. If you want to check it out, uh, it's also it will point you to GorillaHeadComics.com. But uh, the, the artist of that, his name is Everett Paul Burris, and I just want to give him a shout-out today. Paul, if you're out there listening, we love you. You're awesome. And uh, one of the things Paul told me one time, we were at a Comic-Con with our comic, and I think it was my first one that I was with him. He had been to several others with other artistic projects and such. But he, he said, you realize now uh, you have street cred. And I remember thinking, never in my life would I consider street cred being associated with me. It was just a silly feeling. And that's kind of how I feel about this too. Um, But on that note real quick, I do want to give a bigger shout out to Paul. Uh, He he does everything with Spirit Man. I, I write the story. That's it. He does the website. He does the animation. Uh, he does every. He does. He prints the comic books. If you want a printed comic book, you can go to the website. You can contact him. Uh, I believe that requires a charge because it costs to print the thing. Uh, if you want, again, if you want to read it online, absolutely free. But thank you, Paul. He's awesome. He does everything on that site. I only provide the story. And check out his artwork. This man is an artist. I uh, am a fan of the Facebook page and and uh, get little images of his artwork here or there and constantly impressed with his artistic ability. Yes, yeah, oh me too. I I, I can't imagine drawing. <laughs> I can't imagine drawing. I, I can't imagine being that skilled at it. I'm I I just can't. I just can't because I can't do it. Yeah, I I've never been I've tried being a painter. I've tried being an artist, and and I guess we're all our own worst critics. But I just can't imagine being at that level. The stuff that I have produced has, you know, maybe made some close family go, "Oh yeah, that's really good." But in my <laughs> mind, it's not that good. Yeah. Now, something else I thought would be kind of important for us to just share right now is the whole COVID situation, and. Brad and I, we both work in uh, the medical industry. We're not doctors. Let me emphasize that. We are not clinicians in any way. We're not lab techs. We're not nurses. We're not doctors. Uh, we just work around them. Uh, so we see a lot of this, a lot, a lot of people directly dealing with this a lot of the times. And we answer phone calls. Uh, we talk to people. Who are, who are concerned about it. And I guess the thing on my heart that I want to share with is that if you are out there listening to me and you honestly have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that means you know what your eternity is. And lately, the verse death, where is thy sting, has just been made more and more real to me. And I think through this situation, like any other, 
like any other situation that that Satan is going to throw at us, we as Christians, I implore you, you need to keep your eyes focused on the Jesus of eternity and realize that this life is but a vapor and nothing, none of the travails in this life can compare to the glory of eternity. And guys, we need to be out there just showing the calm and the peace and the light of who God is through the midst of all of this. Who cares if you die tomorrow because of COVID or a bullet or or an auto accident or what have you, or if you die in another hundred years? It's a vapor. You're going to die. Eternity is what we should be looking for. And in this lifetime, we should be expressing that peace and that joy to everyone else and just making them want it. Yes, Paul says to die is gain, to live is Christ. We should be trying our best to show Christ to the world, especially now. Um, something that I think is kind of cool about COVID, if you can believe that, um, <laughs> is I uh, have seen some articles that Bible cells are on the increase. The, yeah. the Bible app is seeing uh, an, such an increase in uh, visitors to their site, including visitors from countries that have kind of become, in the last several decades, very non-Christian. Um, several European countries that, you know, are pretty much non-Christian anymore, they're getting major hits uh, on the Bible app. And so, you know, God will use this for good. Anything the enemy tries Definitely. to throw at us, um, that he tries to tear us down, beat us down, whatever, God will also use that for good. Yeah, no, absolutely. God can use anything for good that Satan creates for evil, but only for those who love him, only for those who are seeking him, for those that are not chasing him, then what Satan throws at us for evil is going to stick because we're letting it. Yeah, there is a, a great deception. Um, I want to just I'll briefly touch on this. I was just looking at the uh, internet today, it's just some different articles, trying to refresh my mind, and I came across one from a reverend. Uh, it was a, they have a blog, and this kind of concerned me. They were talking about how... Um, you know, there are good people right there that confused me because God is good, but people are not. So, but they were saying that there are good people just doing bad things. Um, bad, how do they use the phrase? Bad, um, mistakes. And I've been noticing a trend lately, um, so I just want to I just want to throw a warning out there. Yeah. Um, there's even some Bible versions or translations that are coming out where they're wanting to replace sin with mistake. And what scares me about this is if you don't feel the weight of your sin, if you don't realize, oh yes, that the wages of sin are death. 
then you know you're going to get yourself into some um, trouble. You're going to get you're going to believe that it's going to be really easy to fall into that uh, opinion that God is okay with you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's just a mistake. Yeah, He loves me. Everything will be fine. No, no. God will judge our sins. We need to feel the weight of those sins. We need to remember yes. that none is good but God. And this goes back to fear being the beginning of wisdom. Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. If we don't respect and honor God as God and recognize that we are not, He is, and there is there are consequences for our actions, then we will not proceed correctly with our life from here on out. And when we hear that God says, I loved you so much that I sent my only son into the world to die for your sins, we're not going to have a proper reaction to that. Because like Brad said, if we're going, I'm pretty much good, I'm, you know, I don't need a savior, then the act of salvation for us just brushes off of us. Just, just, it just glances off and we think, who cares? What was the big deal? I didn't need one in the first place. We need to understand the weight of our sin and the wages are death and we deserve death. And if we don't understand that, then the sacrifice doesn't mean anything. Yes, it's deadly serious. Um, there's a there's a, a gentleman that uh, I watch a lot of his videos, Living Waters. Um, his name is Ray Comfort. Been doing evangelism for you know decades and decades. Absolutely, give him a shout out. Yeah, no, I I, I love this. Uh, every day they post. Living Waters YouTube, um, they post videos of him and his interactions with uh, people on the street. He just interviews them, and he doesn't, you know, he's not going to be able to save them all. Some people are under the delusion, and they're not going to change. But there are times where you will generally see someone realizing, oh, I'm in trouble. He uses the good tests. He, he starts out simply by saying, are you a good person? Most people respond, not most, it's like almost all of them respond, yeah, I think I'm a good person. We truly want to believe that we are good people. But then he starts breaking it down. He's like, well, let's look at God's moral law. Have you ever stolen anything? No matter how insignificant the value. Have you ever stolen anything? Well, well, yeah. Well, what do you call someone who steals something? A thief? Okay. Well, have you ever told any lies in your life? Well, yeah, you know, little white lies. Okay. Does What's the color matter? It, it doesn't. So what are you? Well, I guess a liar. No, you're a lying thief. And what he's doing is he's making them feel the weight of their sin. He's making them realize this is a big deal. But of course, he always ends it with the gospel truth. You know, he Mm -hmm. needs them to see the fear. He needs them, you know, he needs them to trust. He uses uh, the example of jumping out of an airplane. You know, he'll tell people, right now your plan is you're going to jump out of this airplane, you're going to flap your wings, you're going to flap your arms and try to save yourself. Why? Trust the parachute. (laughs) 
trust Jesus. Uh, check him out. He's 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 a cool guy. He, he uh, one of my favorite things is he's got a, a little dog um, that he puts sunglasses on, and he'll just go out to Huntington Beach, California, or different places, a couple of the universities and whatnot. And people see the dog wearing sunglasses, and this is this attracts them. And what Ray says is he's going to his fishing spot, and he's using the dog as bait because he's <laughs> wanting to be a fisher of men. So, no, check him out. He's really cool. Um, and if you watch one of those videos, be honest with yourself. Do the good test, and maybe your eyes will be open. Yeah, definitely. Now, some people might be thinking... Why are you people sending us away from your site and going elsewhere? Because it's not about us. We don't care if you leave our site and never come back if you're honestly finding Jesus because of it. That's the goal. We never have to be mentioned by you again if Jesus is in your life. Um, couple... Uh, let me throw something else out here. Uh, just a couple little tidbits that uh, uh, have come across that might be interesting to you. Uh, Isaiah 12.2. In the Hebraic Roots Version, it says this, which is I thought was really cool. For the Lord Yahweh is my strength and my song. He also is become my Yeshua. Now... The King James Version says he's become my salvation. But salvation is translated from the Hebrew word Yeshua, which is transliterated Jesus. So literally, this verse, I just thought this was a pretty cool picture. Lord Yahweh is my strength and my song. He has become Jesus. Wow. Oh, I love that. Another thing someone pointed out to me the other day, um, I say the other day is probably like six months ago, but uh, I've got it noted here and I came across it again. Jesus in his resurrected body, after he had died and risen again, he could walk through walls. We saw this because uh, he, the disciples were in a closed room, they were shut in, and he just appeared to them. And uh, so someone pointed out to me, the stone wasn't rolled away from his tomb to let Jesus out. The stone was rolled away to let us in. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. I, I loved that. I love that picture. <laughs> now, those of you can't see it, but Brad is just staring at the ceiling, just with this wow face. <laughs> this happens to me every so often. So, so we're just going to have a moment of silence now while we contemplate that. <laughs> All Those right. are just a couple quick tidbits I thought were really cool to throw out there. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. No, that, that I hope I'm a good example of what a person seeking after God's heart looks like. It truly is a romance. I mean, something like that, it painted a picture in my head of something beautiful and wonderful. And... I want other people to experience that. Uh, Scott mentioned it. Um, I mentioned it in the introduction, um, and Scott has mentioned it, but love needs to be shared. Yes. You know, and I am, I am truly in love with God, and I want to share that with other people, and I want 
I really do want them to be in love with God too, because I've seen how awesome yeah. and powerful and amazing and wonderful uh, God is. And he literally is becoming my everything. Uh, you know, the more I often, when I'm praying, um, I will often just list a bunch of things that he is to me. And I'm constantly having to add a new title here or there as I think of it. Oh, yeah. You know, but he literally is my everything. He is my father. He is my teacher. He is my discipliner. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's everything to me. Now, something, if it's okay, uh, Brad, if I share, I've shared this with Brad before. I want to share, I've had two dreams in my life that I, for my part, I can say I knew came from God. And I'd like to share this, one of them with you, if that's all right. Go for it. All right. Um, now this, and the, one of the reasons I bring it up, uh, and, uh, and Brad, feel free to jump in whenever something uh, grabs you, but this is a dream I had, especially with Brad dealing with Revelation right now and talking about COVID and just be understanding eternity. Uh, I was really digging into eschatology, the study of end times and things like that when I had this dream. And I was just chasing God in that way. And I had this dream that I know God gave to me. And actually, if you do read Spirit Man, I incorporated it a piece of it. I kind of reinterpreted it for Spirit Man and put it into episode two or issue two. So you can see it there. And I love the way Paul drew a lot of it. It was really awesome. But anyway, in this dream, now I'm a lucid dreamer. Many of my dreams, I'm very aware I'm dreaming and I can control everything in the dream. And it's awesome. I've been Spider-Man. I've been Superman. Knowing, you know, I, I flow, I breathe underwater. I have literally fought side by side with the Ninja Turtles in my dreams. I am a spectacular dreamer. I, what? Stop! <laughs> Stop right there! You've never told me about the Ninja Turtle dream. Are you sure? We're gonna have to get to Are that you someday. Sure? <laughs> I swear I have. I really thought I had. Uh, anyway, um, it, it was only for a brief moment in that dream. But anyway, uh, in this dream, for whatever reason, I can't explain it. It's just a thing. I knew God was there. I'm in a massive field. I'm just out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, just this massive open field. And initially, I am I knew it was a dream. So initially, I'm like, okay, what do I want to do today? Where do I want to go? And I had this feeling that God was going, no, this one's not about you. And so I consciously in the dream went, okay, God, where do you want me to go? What's this about? Now, let me let me say, um, uh, I... I was asleep. It was the middle of the night. However, I know it wasn't a dream. I know it was a vision because the Bible says that the old dream dreams and the young have visions. So I I know it was a vision. No, just kidding. But um, so I'm in the middle of this dream and I consciously say, okay, God, it's yours. Where do you want it to go? And I just start walking in the direction I feel he's leading me and I see a city. And I come up to the city, and it's and it's a fairly small. It's like nine square blocks, uh, you know, three by three grid, nine blocks, but but it's huge. It's a metropolitan. I mean, the the skyscrapers just reaching up to heaven. 
and it's surrounded by hills. It's in this valley in the middle of these, these hills. So I go down into the city. I said, okay, you led me here. Let's check it out. And I'm walking around and there is just activity, just people running everywhere on the street. No cars. There are streets, but there are no cars. Just people running from building to building, just frenetic activity. But I can't tell what the activity is for. And God uh, leads me in the middle of the city, this massive skyscraper taking the entire city block. And the best way I can explain it is it's stone structure. It looked old. It looked governmental. That's the way I can think of it. It looks, looked like a, a courthouse or something, only it was a skyscraper reaching all the way, you know, just up into the sky. Suddenly, there is a massive earthquake. And people are screaming and frightened and terrified. And I'm thinking, now this is, it, it, this is really weird because in the dream, I knew it was a dream, but I was honestly afraid for my life many times as if it were real. And I thought, I don't want one of these buildings to crumble and fall on me. I fled the city and I ran for the hills like most people did. And we're all on the outside. We're all on the highest part of the hills looking back at the city. The earthquake is still going on and it's just shaking buildings apart and shaking buildings and they're crumbling down. But this one building in the middle refused to fall. And I, it felt like it was being held up by sheer force of will. Only the crumbling, there are giant sections of it just falling off and it is crumbling. Only it appears to keep growing. And it was just the weirdest thing. It's like it, it's like it should have fallen down five times by now because of the amount of crud that had fallen off of it, but it just keeps growing. Only when the shaking has stopped, it now looks like a place of business. It looks like what we would think of as a steel and glass skyscraper. And the shaking has stopped. There are still people running for the hills, but they're far fewer. In the initial shaking, people fled. Now it's like there's, there's kind of the remnants of people. And I just knew. I just had this, this just deep, intimate knowledge, like you know in a dream, but this was, there are people in that building. There's still people in that building. And my only thought was, I've got to go help them. I've got to let them out. And in my mind, I thought, after this earthquake, the inside has got to look even worse than what happened on the outside. It's probably not safe. You could be walking into your own death and all I could think of was, it doesn't matter. I've got to go. And when I took one step, God stopped me and he said, no, look. And he, ra- and he lifted me up and I, and I looked up and there's a giant platform, you know, like 30, 40, 50 stories high. And there's activity on it. I couldn't figure out what was going on. And so it's a dream. I know it's a dream. I fly up. And, and as I get closer, I can see there's people milling about and this, it's like a ledge only it was, it was very wide. I mean, it was, it was wide enough to hold like 30 people standing hand in hand from, from the building to the outside. And there's just people milling about in panic. And as I land, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of observing at first and people are just running around in panic. And I see their giant double doors to the inside of the building. And at one point, the doors open up and these two big businessmen looking, not, not businessmen, they look like secret service agents. They throw someone out and I can see what's going on inside of it. And it looks official and and like red carpet, plush, plush carpet and a big desk in the back. There's someone 
watching and someone in charge and these people throw him out and the guy's pleading and screaming no don't let me out or you've got to let me back in and and then as I'm walking along I can't figure out what's going on as I'm walking along there are people on the outside in charge sort of it's like they're 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 kind of guiding and they're pulling people that to to pay attention to them and they're kind of trying to draw the masses and and guide them to their will and as i realized to me what this was it was religion it was it was false religion it was the people trying to control it was people trying to control other people and when the shaking started people were fleeing uh, this this false religion. People were fleeing the 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 control that other people had upon them, and I realized that being thrown out onto the ledge was far worse because they were trapped. It's like the people on the ledge were put out there, so there was no way out. They were still in control. You couldn't get back in the building. You were out on this ledge, but they had control over you because you had no exit. People would rather have gone back in the building than to be left out there on the ledge. But they didn't want certain people had tried to evacuate. They had caught them. And so they were throwing them on the ledge because they had dared to try to flee. And the people on the outside that were kind of controlling and manipulating people, I thought of them just like the Jews in the concentration camps when the Nazis were about to start their slaughter that the Nazis had given some power to and called them policemen to kind of try to keep order. They had no real power and they themselves were puppets of the Nazis, but they believed they had power. They were just as hated and just as despised as everyone else, but it was a way of trying to keep them in line while they were being rounded up. And that was the feeling I got, that these people were being rounded up for something horrible. And as I started to figure this out, I started to try to share with people that you can leave, you can have freedom. And people started to listen. And they were like, we want out, but we can't. The doors are back there. And they started to tell me their stories. The doors are in there. We can't get out. I said, just leave. Just walk. How? We can't just leave. There's no stairs. I said, just fly off. And they're like, what are you, crazy? And I started to share with them, I flew up here. You can fly off. It's okay. You can do it. And people started to listen. They wanted to be free so bad. They started to listen. And one of these so-called leaders caught wind of what I was saying and tried. She tried to get between me and the other people. She tried to start leading people away, distracting them, getting them away. So I started to shout louder. And more people were listening and more people were pressing in. She finally had to acknowledge me. So she turned around and she challenged me directly this time. She said, that, uh, oh, oh, you say we can just fly off. That's, that's ridiculous. It's stupid. I said, it's not stupid. I did it. Oh, if you did it, then do it again. And I said, absolutely. And I stared her dead down, right in her eyes, held out my hands and started to walk backwards toward the ledge. And now she's laughing. She's thinking, I just tricked him into killing himself. He's going he's gonna to do it. He's going to walk off the ledge. I hit the ledge. And I stopped and I let myself fall backwards. And when I was about at a 45 degree angle, I just floated off backwards, put my hands behind my head as if I was relaxing. 
and everyone pointed and they were they were yelling he did it we can leave it's true we can leave and at that moment this person supposedly in charge instead of seeing the truth and realizing it could be done she had this look of shock and awe but then it immediately she got control of herself and she started to push everyone back and she started to say it was a trick it was an illusion you saw nothing get get away from the ledge you could die if you get too close you could fall off you can't fly, you'll fall. And I realized it was religion trying to control people. And I wanted so badly to get back there. And I, I turned and I was going to fly back and tell them, no, it's not. She's lying. I really flew off. You can too. But I was pulled away. In the dream, I was pulled. I was forcibly, I was like sore. I was pulled into the heavens. And I am now flying in just a brilliant, glory, glorious area. Just bright sunlight everywhere and clouds just flowing past me just beautifully. And I had this intimate knowledge that God was right here. And that God wanted me to take advantage of that. So I started screaming at the top of my lungs, God, show me you. God, show me you. And suddenly I was teleported. And the best way I can explain it is it felt like literally being in Star Trek in a teleporter. Like what that, what I imagined it would be like. I just, like things kind of dissolved and reintegrated in front of me. And suddenly I'm in a house. And again, it was a dream and I knew it was my house. I just knew. And there's a family in it. There's this beautiful woman that I knew was my wife in the dream and there were two kids that were mine now at this time I was married but I didn't have any children I knew it was just a dream thing God was showing me something and I turned around and I looked I was right at the front of my house I'm on the inside one entire wall of the house is glass and then on two sides of the wall connected to the glass about a third of the way in it's glass so I've got this massive glass house it goes up about three or four stories and I can see you and and the design of the house is such you can see on every level it's wide open there are stairs that go to each level but the floors are such that from the outside of the house you can see into every room except for the basement it was a little underground and there was a ledge, so so the bedroom you couldn't see directly in. The only the only rooms in the house that you could not see directly in were the bathrooms. And so I thought, okay, God, you brought me here. I yelled, show me you. You brought me here. I guess I better explore the house. So I thought I'll start from the ground up. I went into the basement. I went into the bottom floor and I checked out the bedroom. And it wasn't lavish. It wasn't what you think of as like a mansion, but it was beautiful. It was very well set up. Uh, large bed up against the wall and, 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 you know, just nice decorations and all that. But suddenly I hear screaming as I'm, in, uh, as I'm down there. And I go running back up to my original spot and I look to my left now, I don't know what scares you guys, but I saw a meteor storm coming down. Tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes, everything can be evaded in some way. But I'm a meteor storm of this. They're, they're basketball-sized chunks of rock, flaming rock coming from the sky and just crashing into everything. 
There's no way to avoid it. There's no way to avoid it. You can't fly above it. Uh, you can go miles and miles underground, which we had no access to. But, um, you know, I've seen movies. <laughs> Even if a meter doesn't hit you directly, the shockwave is going to kill everything and destroy everything. And I see these things hitting in a distance and they're coming closer to me. And I turn to my right and I see the same thing. They're landing in the distance and they're coming closer to me. And they're getting closer. We are at the epicenter and they're coming towards us. So my family comes running downstairs. They're terrified. And I told you, I knew this was a dream. I still felt like I was going to die. I'm literally, the only thing I could do is take my family to the one area of the house that was kind of underground. We all huddled against the wall. I was on top of them with my arms around them. And I'm literally saying, God, I know you're God and you can do anything. So I trust you. If you want to get me out of this, go for it. But if this is it, I'm good. I'm going to see you in heaven. I'm going to be, uh, for the rest of eternity, I'm going to be with you. I'm cool with that. And I waited. And I waited. And I waited. And now I'm starting to get annoyed. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, well, so where's death? Come on, God. You know, what's going on? And it was, and nothing was happening. And so I literally, I told everyone, wait here. I'm going to go look. And I went back to, again, that first spot for the third time. I'm standing in the same spot. And I looked up. And I swear to you, it's the most incredible, most beautiful sight I've ever seen. I am literally in the middle of a meteor storm. And it's like they're falling in slow motion and the flaming red, orange, and yellow rocks are just coming everywhere. Everything outside is totally annihilated. It is absolutely destroyed. Everything, I'm, I'm in the middle, I'm in the center of complete destruction and I'm looking up at this as directly into it as it's raining down all over and I had absolute certainty that I was not going to be touched. I can't explain it other than to know I am in a glass house in the middle of a meteor storm and I'm staring into this thinking this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. And God said, basically, this is me. I yelled out, show me you. And he said, this is me. And I want to share that with the COVID, with what's coming, with what might be happening in your life today, what terrors are facing you down. In God, nothing can touch you. We have to understand that we have to come to that place where we know him so intimately and so well that the very trials around us look beautiful because it is coming so that it's growing. The birth pangs are coming. This world is about to go undergo some changes that it has never seen before. And we need to be ready for it. We need to be so in him that we could be in a glass house in a meteor storm and we are just so certain of victory. Wow. <laughs> All I've got to say is wow. That, I mean, you paint a picture. I feel like I'm there. I can see what's going on. You're not wrong, Scott. I, I uh, follow a couple 
prophecy sites and different things like that. And, and whether they're Jewish or Christian or even other religions, everyone's kind of in agreement right now that this is different. Something, something's coming. It's, it's increasing the intensity. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they're all shouting it, you know, we are in, we are in the Lord's day of the prophecy that is spoken of. Yeah. You know, the birth pains are happening and make no mistake. This COVID situation is a birth pang. I don't, I don't know if I, if what connection I can make with this, but Corona means crown. And so, you know, you basically have this crown around the world in control right now. You know, I I don't know. There might be something to that. I don't know. That's a candid thought I had. Yeah. But the crown that is controlling the world right now, and it's coming with a spirit of fear. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I say challenge it. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to be afraid. I've always, I have not been in this situation, but I hope, I really hope that if someone put a gun in my head and said, I'm going to kill you unless whatever their demand was. I really hope that I would be in that place where my response would be, and? Wait, what do you mean, and? I said I'm going to kill you. And I'm waiting for the bad part. Yeah, yeah, and? So, so I've heard it said before, you know, uh, you're not death to me. You're a one-way ticket home. Right. We need to understand that as Christians. We need to understand there are going to be some hard things we're facing. And in every life, even if we're not talking Armageddon and the apocalypse and all of that kind of thing, in every life, Armageddon happens to a degree. We all go through garbage. We all go through terrible, terrible times on an isolated individual basis. When those times come up, are you representing Jesus to the world? Yeah. Just a challenging thought for you. I, and, and You know what? I have not been perfect in that. I'm not sitting here going, come on, you people, get it together. I'm up here with God and we're perfect. No, I'm still learning too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm chasing more. I'm understanding more. But then there are still days where I feel like, oh, I took a step backwards. You know, um, I lost my patience with someone. I, um, I was angry about something for a moment. I mean, just because... Just because you are chasing, just because you are in a relationship, doesn't mean you stop sinning. It still happens. It just means you no longer have the love of sinning. You have the remorse. You 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 feel bad about what you did, and you and you now have someone who can pick you up as soon as you've done it and put you back on the path instead of remaining in that position, wallowing in it. Yep, I saw a thing that said. Um, they made a comparison. There's a uh, sheep, and when they come into the mud, uh, they they want to get out of the mud. They will cry for their shepherd to come get them out of the mud. Most animals, they stay in that mud. They actually enjoy it. A lot of animals enjoy being in the mud. Mm-hmm. They were making the connection, you know, that a lot of people love being in their sins. Yeah. 
you know there is sin for a season there is pleasure in sin for a season it's it's pleasurable it's in the moment it's 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 you think it's fulfilling you you know but you're in the long run just hurting yourself so you know i guess the point i'm trying to make is get out of the mud Mm -hmm. call for your shepherd he'll help you get out yeah absolutely i had someone at work today who uh just laughingly told me i tried to be positive but i'm a negative person i'm gonna embrace my negativity and laughing about it but all i could think of was oh i pity you so much that's that's too bad because you're just cursing yourself you know this is making me think about an incident that happened today i don't know if i failed in this situation or not um i don't know god might have actually been like no brad you did exactly what i needed you to do but there was a gentleman that came into the clinic and uh he was grumpy he was he was not happy and he was blaming me for absolutely everything I mean, he even got to a point where he was blaming me for the fact that he was in a wheelchair. And I've never met this guy before. He was a brand new patient, you know. Um, and at first, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm being beat up. Like, okay, you're, you're, yeah, you're right, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, but I'm, I'm feeling beat up. But then the thought popped into my head, Brad, this guy needs a punching bag. Just be the punching bag. What is it going to hurt you? You know, so I don't know. Maybe I did fail because my first reaction was, oh, this guy. You know, but what I'm trying to say here right now is whether I failed or whether I got it right, or maybe I was failing and then got it right, I don't know. But I want to I wanna lift this guy up. This guy has a lot of troubles. Um, he's got a lot of anger. You know, so, and I'm, and even if I knew his name, I couldn't say it. But um, I don't know his name. So, God, you know that gentleman. You know what's going on in his life. You know his heart. I just, I want you to give him what he needs. Um, Yes. Because you know better than I do. And hopefully, just being the punching bag, maybe he got some relief from some of the things that are plaguing him. I don't know. Only you know, God. But I lift this gentleman up to you. And I, I pray a blessing on his life. I pray that that, that that anger that's inside of him, tearing him up, I pray that somehow, some way, if it's not from you, that it's gone. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, do you got anything else on your heart, Scott? Oh, I always feel like two seconds after we stop, <laughs> I'll go, oh, I forgot to say, but, you know, hey. Like we've said before, now that we have a podcast, we can do it next time. We literally have had this happen a couple times now where, okay, we're done. We turn off the mics. We talk for another 40 minutes and then go, we should have kept the mics on. (laughs) You just never know. (laughs) I suppose this is as good a time as any uh, to shut it down for now. Uh, Hope this has been a blessing to everyone. Uh, Hope these conversations are enjoyable. Uh, Hope they minister to you. Um, but if not, you don't have to listen. <laughs> <laughs> and real quick, if, uh, uh, if you've had any dreams, um, if you've had any visions and you want to share those with us, you know, all I can say is I, I, I would encourage it. I would love 
to hear right. some of your experiences uh, with God, whether in visions or dreams. Oh, you know what? There is one thing. Speaking of visions and dreams, that reminds me. I want to let you know, last time uh, we had a conversation, I spoke about a Muslim gentleman who had a, a vision, had, had, a, had a direct encounter with Jesus. Well, I didn't know his name at the time, so I checked it out. His name is Afshin Javid. I uh, hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, but his name is spelled A-F as in Frank, Shin, uh, think of it as the shin bone, the, the, the lower part of your leg, so A-F Shin, uh, if that helps you spell it, A-F-S-H-I-N, and then the last name is Javid, it, it's spelled just like David, only the first D is replaced with the letter J, and if you look this guy up, um, he's got several testimony uh, videos out there from interviews with different people. It's an amazing story, and I think you'd rather hear it from his words than mine. Absolutely. Um, I might at some point share uh, my dreams, too. I've only I've only had two dreams, for sure, um, that I would say, those were different. Those, those were from God. They had a they had a message, and uh, so yeah. But mine were visions because I'm younger at heart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Scott. Scott is twelve. <laughs> Physically not. Uh, but yeah, no. So yeah, share yours with us too, if 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 you feel comfortable. If if um, that's something you want to do, um, I can only make the promise that we would never, you know, use them to hurt you in any way. I'm just I just love hearing how God moves. Yes, I love hearing how he shares his love. And I love when people are willing to share that love that they got as well. Um, so with that, I guess uh, we'll end it right there. Is that in anything? Okay. Then uh, I'm Scott. I'm Brad. And this has been not about us.